Ever wondered how to make money and conflict work for you? Is that even a thing? Today you're listening to Sarah Squared, a conversation brought to you by conflict resolution expert Sarah Blake and finance expert Sarah Wells. They'll be sharing personal stories, real-life professional cases, and heaps of tips on how you can turn problems into opportunities. They do this with humour and more than likely a bottle of gin. So don't let the uncomfortable stop you from moving forward. Welcome back to Sarah Squared, where we're talking all things conflict and money and helping you make them work for you rather than divide, create confusion. Hey, Sarah, talking all things money and conflict, we can't do that if we don't talk about the elephant in the room. And what is the elephant in the room today? Fear. Yeah, we really we really can't be genuine and talk about conflict and responding and really trying to adult really well is what my hashtag is. I don't want to adult today, really. <laughs> is really adulting. Like that is my go-to. Don't want to don't want to adult today is without talking about fear. So, if I were to ask you and this is kind of weird because I already know the answer to this because I asked it to you in the break. The thing that you are most afraid of when it comes to conflict and money, what is it? Uh, getting it wrong. Me is losing control. Yeah. And I think we've both agreed that even though our fears might have different names, they kind of all stem down to the same thing. And that is making a mistake. Yeah, making a mistake, losing control and not being able to navigate your way through that. And look, we are all going to make mistakes. I've made some legendary ones in life. (laughs) I have definitely chosen the wrong people to date. I've definitely bought the wrong car. I've definitely gone to the wrong restaurant. I definitely shouldn't have had that fish and then ended up dealing with it the next day. Like we all make bad decisions. But I think the fear of not talking about it, not owning it and not looking at our part can lead it to becoming a really big issue in life and what we call a crisis. Absolutely. I see fear driving so many of the miscommunications that happen and that result in conflict. Fear of missing out, fear of not having power, fear of not being heard, fear of not being able to shape your own destiny. This fear is a really powerful emotion. And I see so often what happens when people feel fear is they shut down, they go into survival mode, they stop listening. They stop thinking critically. They stop looking forward and instead often look back and blame because fear is when you feel unsafe. We were talking a little bit about the biological sides of fear and I think it's important that we touch on that for a moment just to get a bit of understanding that there there is some element of fear that we actually can't do anything about but there is a chunk of fear that we can do something about. So what are kind of some of the things that we, we really can't can't do anything about. Okay, let's start off this conversation by saying we are all human. And part of that being human is that there are survival instincts that kick connect in. And so we understand biologically that a chemical reaction that happens when we feel under threat. Now that threat might be real, it might be imagined, but it's a threat nevertheless. And what happens to us in our brain is that we move into survival mode. And survival mode is about responding with the fight, with the 
uh, fleeing or the freezing response. And it's an instinctual thing that we actually can't contain it contain and it happens in seconds. I mean, I certainly know that there have been moments when I've been, you know, recording a podcast or standing up on stage <laughs> and talking and I freeze because I don't know what the next word is that I'm supposed to say. Yeah. So what I like to know is, is that is normal? That is totally normal. And it's okay to own it. <laughs> it you know what? We need to own it and recognise it. And that's the thing that we that we were really kind of looping back on when we're looking at fear is we have this huge desire to avoid it, yeah. that our attempts to avoid it actually bring it to our front doorstep. That's right. But what we can do is that we can learn to respond to it differently. So when these uh, survival instincts kick in, that's fine because it's based on a series of experiences you've had in the past. But the trick is not to be driven by it and not to let those instinctual things override our critical analytic capacity to think about what we do next. So if I've got all of this biological stuff going on in Mm -hmm. my body and I'm in a situation and you would see this in in mediation and I certainly see this in people when they make decisions to buy things or do stuff with money (laughs) Stop. is what do I need to look out for to kind of realise that maybe I'm in my survival brain because we really don't have threats like our our body and our mind is pretty good but we live in a world where we have very few threats but we have this entire coping mechanism that is going to find ways or perceived threats to kind of deal with it so what should I be looking out for to kind of realise that maybe hunting through DJs to find the perfect dress is my way of dealing with fear rather than actually a really good idea. (laughs) Look, I think it's really interesting to think about what is it that we fear? What are those threats? What are those things that are creating an emotive reaction in us? And it will be different for all of us. We'll all have our own triggers, right? And it is about developing our own self-awareness around what is happening for us and how is it impacting ourselves and our relationships with other people. So the threats might be around you're feeling threatened because you don't have enough money to pay your bills. So you're really fearful around, am I going to have food to feed my kids? And you'd see that a lot in, um, you know, family situations or workplace situations because generally if there's a conflict there, it'll come back to I'm not going to have enough money to keep a roof over my head or food on the table. So a lot of those fears will then creep into the conversations about salaries or divorce Mm. settlements or, you know, really when it comes to, you know, what we're going to pay for something. Yeah. It goes back to what are our foundational needs? What are the things that really matter to us? How do we feel safe? How do we feel like our um, emotional our physical and our spiritual needs are being met, whatever that looks like. It will be different. But when those needs are not being met, we feel under threat. And I think we then go to the fear of missing out. Oh my gosh. Because if we don't have that thing, like it's, I talk to so many people about the um, online shopping and filling the cart. Yeah. So many people fill the cart because they think that they might not be able to get that thing, but then we don't check it out. Now, the online providers have gotten so clever that they send us reminders about what's in our cart. Now, I know that at 10 o'clock one night, it seemed really important that I got that pair of shoes, (laughs) but two days later when I get the reminder, it doesn't seem as important. So this idea of controlling the things that we believe we can control um, really kind of feeds into that fear of missing out. And I see that so many times with people feeling that they need that 
bigger home yeah. or they need that new car or they need their bank balance to be a, you know, a, a certain level is that if we get this, we will feel okay about ourselves. I think it's a really interesting about this need to be in control and that somehow money makes you more in control. And if you have more and more perfection or perfect things around you or the latest this or that, that somehow it indicates and gives you more control. And I don't think that's actually true. Well, I think for my 40 odd years on the planet, and clearly we can see that I'm really, really into this, you know, <laughs> you and me both. being in my 40s, <laughs> is that um, I've actually come to see that the people that are controlling or are in control of every aspect of their life, whether it be their online image, whether it be, you know, what they eat, whether it be how they dress or how they look, whatever it is, really are some of the most inflexible people I've ever met and really struggle when life does not go their way. And I've also learnt that life does not go Sarah's way all of the time. (laughs) Life definitely does not go Sarah's way all the time. It definitely doesn't. You know, I'll wake up on a Monday morning with a whole idea of how my week's going to go and by 11.30 on Monday, the week has got other plans. Yeah. I think that as we seek to control everything that we will become increasingly worn out and burnt out because we can't, because life is this great unknown uh, movement and that when we try to control everything, we don't leave space for magic. We also don't leave space for outcomes. No. Because we judge ourselves it's, it's really really interesting we we judge ourselves on the process that we take to things but life will judge us on our outcomes so quite often I'll see people get really really invested in how they want their financial success to look like yeah and they will get um, either make someone else totally responsible for it or they'll try and do it themselves and, and, and really try and come an idea that a certain amount of money or a certain house or a certain postcode will make them feel happy mm. and Inevitably, they will make a wrong decision or someone else will make a wrong decision because none of us are perfect. And we spoke about the the true price of perfection, you know, in, in a previous podcast. And what I've realized is, is that really focusing on this element of or this idea of perfection and being so fearful of getting things wrong, we're not in a position to recover when something doesn't go to plan because we are so focused on what we believe our expectations to be. Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes we hear these lovely quotes about, you know, don't have fear and don't let fear drive you. And and what what I guess I'm saying to, to that notion of perfection is that it's okay to feel fear and it's okay to fear failure, but you can't let it drive you. You can, and it's unrealistic for us to be sitting here talking about, in, you know, encouraging people to have conversations, yeah. and us ourselves coming into doing this podcast series together is without an element of fear. Yeah, it's the fear of letting someone down. It's the fear of saying the wrong thing. Yeah, it's the fear of is anything we're going to say going to resonate with people? <laughs> is anyone actually going to listen? Yeah, you know, fear is a really big part of life, and like having the courage to talk about things, yeah. it's being able to lean into it, and we're seeing it more and more in yeah. kids these days. This idea of no one ever being able to make a mistake yep. and us never being able to fail, we're seeing kids really struggle with basic resilience. Yeah. Look, I think I'm seeing lots of adults that are struggling with this as well because they are so fearful of getting it wrong or so fearful of not doing enough posts on Instagram that they it it's um, making it so that they can't move anymore. Then they're exhausted. So we want to help you shift that fear. We want to help you control and manage that dynamic. So how do we walk through fear? 
because you know that's what courage is and that's yeah. what we're talking to people is to have courage today so how do we not have this absence of fear but how do we have the kind of courage to walk through it I think it for me it's really about developing your resilience because when you are resilient you're better able to navigate fear and not be controlled because there's this underlying trust that I will be okay so I think for me and and I've learned through time to recognize what fear feels like for me and yeah. fear feels like for me like my heart starts to race yes I get a dry mouth and I start to just not feel myself and I what I found for me that works really well is just a simple pause yeah you know just to take some some time go for a walk and try and think about what I'm fearful of because quite often um this fear comes back to this not being in control yeah whether it be about you know an assignment I'm going to do or a conversation with my partner or having to make a big decision like I, I was telling you a little while ago that sometimes I, I just give myself permission that I don't actually need to make that decision today yeah, yeah. and that I'm not going to miss out like my entire life does not need to be lived just for today I think that's so true so when we're trying to navigate fear in money or in conflict these take-homes really are about understanding your resilience building that capacity to adapt and accept that things aren't always in your control and having a tool that will help you pause and hold that moment so whether it's breathing or whether it's walking or whatever you need to do to give you that space to recognize the fear for what it is but not be driven by it I think those are the things that will help you be resilient and able to lean into the conversations that allow you to turn money conflict into opportunity thanks for joining us everyone thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of Sarah Squared where we hope you've discovered some useful tips on how to turn life's messy moments into opportunities for growth if you'd like to support this podcast please subscribe and share it with others if you'd like to get in touch with either of the Sarahs, go to Instagram at Sarah Squared Podcast to stay up to date. 